Welcome to 305 of the Homestead Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Will. Just us today. So last week when I came up with the idea to do an evening with episodes, I was, you know, I was hoping it would be a little while till we use the next one, but it turns out the next one is this week. Yep. Uh, it's going to be an evening with Will. Um, Will was the only one able to make tonight's episode. It's a busy time of the year, which is why I think... Uh, it's it's been hard to get us all together this time of the year because it seems like everyone's running in a thousand different directions. But uh, hopefully next week there will be at least three of us, if not all of us. Next week we will be doing our E3 predictions episode. So uh, because E3 is right around the corner, uh, it's hard to believe, but it's right around the corner. It's what two weeks? It starts two weeks from today, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's two weeks, which is crazy it, to me. Yeah. Does it start on or does it start on a Monday? I don't even know anymore. I can get the date for you real quick. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, only because I should know, but all the days kind of they just kind of blend together anymore, you know. Tuesday, June thirteenth. Tuesday. Okay, so oh, so it's two and a half weeks, I guess, almost three weeks. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, tonight's topic is an evening with Will. Will, do you have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Zelda played some stardew valley and i played a lot of pokemon go this week too Ooh, okay yeah well i'll get into why as well but that's pretty much the three main things that i've been playing along with some like nhl mixed in very nice all right well let's get started yeah uh, so i'm gonna start this off the same way i started off with eric although this one I, I i know a little bit more about uh having grown up in the same household with will will earliest yes memories of video games for you so when you ask that two kind of stand out to me one of them is trying to type torpedo in age of empires 2 yeah um you were probably three yep three years old three three to four i didn't know how to like read or really know how to spell (laughs) so i remember getting help from you guys all the time on how to spell that and um whatever the the car cheat was too i don't remember what that was it was something kind of long it wasn't just like car or something like that but it It had a longer name i'm gonna look this up because it's gonna bother me because i feel like it was had like everybody uh, i don't know let me type that in cheats yeah we we have to know this for for science purposes um let's see I remember cheesesteak Jimmy's was the, okay. the food. Um, do you remember what the car was called? No. The torpedo one was just, it would just destroy a unit that you had clicked on, right? Yep, that is. Wait, is okay. it the Shelby AC Cobra? Yes. Okay, so it was how do you turn this on? Okay. I knew it was a sentence or something. It was something kind of long that you wouldn't, you know. You wouldn't just come up with randomly. 
Exactly, and being three years old, not really knowing how to spell yeah. or read. It was right. very difficult for me. So sure. it was definitely a torpedo um, in How Do You Turn Us On for the Cheats and Age of Empires 2. Uh, those were the two things, or the one thing that I remember. And the other one is playing Final Fantasy Tactics when I was super, super young. Okay. I remember, once again, not really knowing how to read, and our Uncle Bucky reading the dialogue to me in the opening scenes when, like, Delita... Uh, yep. steals Princess Ophelia in the yeah. beginning of the game. I remember him reading to me the dialogue and stuff oh, okay. like that, so I could, you know, kind of comprehend what was going on. Nice. So now that that did that game come out in '96? I want to say it's '96. Yeah. Okay, so you would have been what year were you born? Even '95. '95. Okay, so because I was gonna say we didn't we didn't play that right when it came out. It was a few years after it came out, so we're probably looking at the late 90s i would think when i when we finally mid to late 90s when i so played that so this came out in 98 okay so like when i was like five yeah. kindergarten yeah probably wow <laughs> so yeah like I, those are the, that's what i remember because i remember your cory always being surprised that i had everybody leveled up to the highest level and all the jobs mastered uh because yeah. i had the memory card where i had that profile and i sunk God knows how many hours into that. Yeah. So it, it, great game. Hold it up. really. It's funny yeah. to me that I beat it at like eight or nine, and you didn't beat I, it until thirty. I didn't beat it until I was probably at least at least thirty. I beat it for one of the four in Februarys. I finally uh, over overcome overcame my. Uh, I almost had a mental block about that game. Now that I think about it, because I would get to a point there there's a couple points where if you're not prepared for it you can get stuck and not yep. be able to progress real and, and yeah I, I feel like i hit that a couple different times and didn't have enough saves that i could go back and and you know start again and grind a little bit more if i needed to um so i I want to say that exact moment uh, in Real Vans Castle when you have to do the one-on-one with Wegref. Um, I want to say that I, the first time I did that, I got stuck and couldn't beat it and had to like restart a whole game. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know what to even like. Yeah, now I, I would I would be livid, but when I was like seven, it didn't matter because I had time. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about your formative years for gaming. Um, this is not, like for me, it was, and, and me and Eric talked about this last week, but it was mostly like our high school, high school years. Describe your, uh, formative years for, for gaming and, and probably how, how that differs from our formative years in gaming. So, uh, this is a tough question because for as long as I've been alive, like I just remember always like playing video games, like, yeah. uh, like unreal tournament. Like I remember being too young to play unreal tournament. So you guys had to turn the gore off for me because our parents didn't particularly enjoy me blowing heads off in unreal tournament 1999 um edition that's another one that i played when i was super young so i don't know like because i was so much younger than like you Corey, eric and even our sister allison like i kind of took cues from you guys and i always remember being around while you played video games and i would always be a part of that like be it like nhl or whatever like that so that's definitely one of the uh formative parts of my gaming career and another one would probably be in like early high early to late high school because we all got 360s then Mm -hmm. and that's when we all start playing call of duty world at war together like literally all the time and literally after school every day and after sports we'd all 
come home, like a group of seven or eight of us, and we'd all be in a party playing whatever, like Call of, any of the Call of Duties, like Battlefield, um, Castle Crashers, like all of those games. And we would do that all like every day. On the weekends, we would, you know, all play video games. We would spend time trying to figure out the Nazi zombie secrets and all of the maps and stuff like that. So that's that's probably where my gaming kind of took took off. Like it was kind of my love for it was birthed at a young age from you guys, yeah. and then yeah. from there, like it kind of got built up with my friends as we played online together. And like we would have days where we'd all go up to my friend Johnny's house and we would all have a TV in a different room and we'd play, you know, Halo, Call of Duty, all of that stuff in the same and spend weekends together. Yeah, so that doesn't differ too much from ours because, you know, I would consider probably the same like early to late high school years as my kind of formative years of gaming. And obviously some of that pre predates your, your formative years. Like I would consider like a final fantasy seven to be within my formative years of gaming. But and that was also when halo first came out. Yeah. It was, uh, was, was late high school, early college. And that's when we had all of our, our, uh, halo parties at our friend mm-hmm. Jared's house. I remember being so not that a much part different. of, I remember being a part of like one of your halo parties when I yeah. was, when i was a lot younger but yeah like the main difference between it is we were more and eric touched on this last week is i was more we like i grew up in the playing online together generation you guys came up in the co-op together you know yeah so that's that's mainly where we differ yeah because the first the first halo didn't have online there was a way you could have online play. Uh, it wasn't very, very good, yeah. very reliable. But I think it was wasn't until Halo Two that the online play kind of kind of was a thing. And then Halo Three was where it kind of took off. Yeah. Uh, but that was the first one. The Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. The Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty was was kind of built around being an online console, whereas the original Xbox was still a, like a more traditional console. That they just added like some Xbox Live and and it was the early days of, of online console gaming anyway. Yep, when it was pretty new. Yeah, and not very polished. I feel I still feel like the Xbox 360 had the best online experience. Like looking to, to like day. yeah, like when I play things online on my PlayStation and Xbox, like I have so many issues. Yeah, it's unreal. But like when I remember back to playing on 360 and this could be just nostalgia speaking but i don't remember really like lagging so bad that like i would just drop out of games like that would happen occasionally but it wasn't so bad and like yeah. the party system never working and so on and so forth like yeah i was gonna say that too solid. like yeah it, it i never felt like it was i had to fight with the interface at all like it was all very intuitive the way everything worked yep uh, and it, it worked well. I never had any issues, uh, even like paying for Xbox Live. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, in my my brief time with with the PS4, like like this is a waste of money. I'm not using this to play. Well, part of it was not playing online games, but like yeah. I didn't feel like the service was worth paying for. Like I did with the 360 uh, Xbox Live. Yeah, I mean. The, the big draw for these to me is like the free games that you end up getting because I don't even play online with my friends that often anymore because like one we're all spread apart like in different consoles like I have all of them so like I kind of have access to like all of my friends but like some play only Xbox some play only PlayStation some play PC so like I don't really play together with people too often anymore but getting the free games is something that's kind of 
a really cool thing that they do. And like PlayStation has not really given out too many good games, and neither has Xbox, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and like I remember with the PlayStation Three, they gave out like really awesome games, but like right now we're not really getting any, so it doesn't. It's really not too worth it unless you yeah. play online. Unless you play online a lot, right? Yeah. Which with our our limited time, it's just you know we don't don't do that that much. Exactly. Like I okay. I have time like for a couple months now because I finished my semester, so like I have a lot more time to play whatever. Um, but even then, like I don't really think I'll play too much online with people. Right. Because I have deep RPGs that I got to catch up with. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> all right one thing i wanted to ask you will uh and this was always always kind of weird to me uh that me and you despite having the biggest age gap you know for for the thumbstick athletes host hosts we we tend to agree with each other it usually yeah. is me and you versus uh er- eric and and cory yeah i wanted to get your thoughts on why that could possibly be that's just seems strange that's a tough question I think it's because when it comes to gaming, you and I generally don't have too many problems with things. You know what I mean? Um, And like, if there's something that we don't particularly like, we kind of just like, meh, whatever. Like we just kind of deal with it. Um, And that might come down to time. Cause you and I games with Eric and Corey, if they don't want to spend time with it, they're just going to be... If there's something they don't like about it, they're not going to bother spending the time with it. Whereas you and me generally don't have as many issues with games. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I... I don't want to say, like, more agreeable about things, but... uh, It's hard to define exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Like... like for example, like Breath of the Wild, they recognize that how awesome that game is, but some of the stuff they kind of like they kind of they're done with it. But you and I are like, what are you talking about? The game's incredible. Like, yeah, it's it's stuff like that. Like, I guess I don't want to say that we just like more things, but we're more okay with flaws on games. Yeah, I guess would be a way to put it. If Breath of the Wild even has any flaws. Which I don't. I, I was playing it this weekend, and the fact that they tried to convince you to not put that in your top ten yeah. blows my mind, and I'm really <laughs> mad that it worked on me. Right. The game is amazing. Like it's yeah. incredible. I still play. I still play it on on occasion for for a little bit here and there. I'm waiting waiting for. I'm trying to keep like the control scheme and stuff fresh in my mind until the DLC comes out. Yeah. I don't want to like have to relearn how to do everything. You yeah. know how how when you've been away from an like an action RPG type of game. Uh, for long enough and you just kind of forget how to do everything like i need to go back to playing the witcher and i have no idea how to play that so yeah especially with the different controllers and like all the control schemes being so just such a pain to remember all of them yep yeah i just i always found that interesting that uh you know the oldest and the youngest tend tend to agree on on things a little bit more than uh the the middle two age-wise yeah, and it, like you said, it's it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what I'm trying to get across because it's not that Eric and Corey are difficult, but I think you and I are more okay with things in yeah. games as opposed like the things that they might find an issue with. Like like an example for Eric would be the horse riding. Like that would be enough for him to turn him off from a game. Yeah. But with you and I, I think you and I are more likely to just be like, this sucks, but just kind of <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, one thing I did want to mention, I've actually been wanting to talk about this for a little while too, is 
video games are you and I are they're our only source of like entertainment and stuff. Corey and Eric like watching television shows and movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas you and I don't really have that distraction. So when I have free time, like I know I'm going to be playing a game. Same. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing that might distract me from that is is currently playoff hockey, which I've been watching, obviously. Which and I have then, on uh, right now. Game of Thrones. Like that. Yeah. Those are the only distractions that I would get. Whereas Eric and Corey, you know, they they spend also spend their free time, uh, like I said, watching movies and watching watching new shows and stuff. And uh, I just don't do any of that. And I know you really don't do much of that either. So, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm going to get into it. Like I did start a new show this week um, and I've been watching it, which I'll get into like. But it's very rare that I find a show that I want to sit down and watch binge watch as like other than The Office yeah. um, and like. I consume a ton of music because uh, that's something that I've always loved. But a lot of my music listening to can, is like done in the car or at the gym. And that's the same with podcasts. So when I'm home, I'm not doing any of that. So yeah. I'm just unless I'm cooking and like then I'll have a podcast going. So like when I'm home doing nothing, like I'm going to be playing a video game and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to make that distinction a while ago. I, I actually wanted to bring that up when we were when we were talking to Corey about not liking video games. Yeah, I want to say that that one of the differences there is again that you know you and me don't don't watch many movies or or TV shows, so our our mm-hmm. time isn't as divided as as Eric's and Corey's is. Exactly, and like with how little that I got to play video games because of school, especially this semester, like now like. I'm kind of recharged and just like, I just am excited to play whatever. Yeah. So that's another, another thing. Um, you guys get more of an opportunity to keep playing them, uh, throughout the year as opposed to like with school, I have to like, cause I took 21 credits. I didn't have any time to do that on top of work and the gym and all of that stuff. So you got a lot of catching up to do. Oh my God. I do. <laughs> I played like eight hours of Zelda in like a day and a half. Just to like get caught up a little bit. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, anything you want to discuss that maybe we haven't talked about on the on the podcast before? Oh. Topics you wanted to bring up, games you wanted to bring up that might not have come up in uh, in in our conversations that we've had. Uh, of course, it is hard to remember with us having over three hundred episodes. That's that's a tough question. You can think um. about it for a little while if you want. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I sit here and I'm like, man, I wish we would talk more about that. Yeah. Um, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Like, I think we do a pretty good job of giving each other the opportunity to kind of talk about whatever yeah. we want, be it because yep. of our week segments. Like, we get to bring up, like, literally whatever. Um, and, like, what we play, like, well we might not always be paying attention. Like for example, with fire emblem, like Corey immediately <laughs> tune, tune out. Tune yeah. out. Um, he still give us an opportunity to talk about it. Exactly. And there's usually at least one person interested enough to carry that conversation on. Yeah. Um, which is something that I've, I feel like we usually do a pretty good job with. So, yeah. um, no, I don't really think I have anything that okay. I've been wanting to bring up. Right. Other than you... how good Final Fantasy Tactics is. Yeah. That was the one game we did the retro review on, right? It wasn't Final yeah. Fantasy VI, it was Tactics. I think it was yeah. Tactics. I think we I like the idea of doing the retro reviews. Yeah. We'll have to do that again. 
Well, that's one thing, though, that we need to have planned out way ahead of time, though. Definitely. To give ourselves an opportunity to play it. Maybe um, after the post-E3 lull. Yeah, because we're, we're, we tend to fly by the seat of our pants uh, this time of the year when, when all of us are, like I said, running in 100 different directions. We don't. We don't have everything planned out like we like we probably should, but oh yeah. But I mean, it's it, as you said, we're all doing a trillion different things. Things have slowed down a lot for me, so like pretty much I have the time now when you guys might not have yeah. as much time. So, yeah. um, future. What do you see happening? Future of video games. Oh man, it's, the immediate future, distant future. It's gonna be like virtual reality stuff. Uh, I feel like. To be honest with you, I don't really know how it's doing in the market right now. Um, do you have any idea? Not very well. Not very well. Because I feel like we don't hear anything about it. Like yeah. I feel very like well. it was it was huge like leading up to it. Um, and then all of a sudden like it launched and we haven't really heard anything since then. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like if done well, like virtual reality is gonna be a big thing. I kinda think Sony and Microsoft aren't gonna be releasing like console consoles they're gonna be more like a computer if that makes any sense like it's gonna be more upgradable and stuff like that i feel like that's the way things are shifting yeah i uh i read an article it was a couple years ago now that one of the things that they wanted to do for consoles is similar to the way um you have a phone contract where they do a rehash every year or two uh, you get a much more expensive device and you pay like monthly for it. So um, so you could have an $800 console, uh, something a little bit more powerful um, that you, you know, like I said, trade in every year uh, towards the, the next version of that. And, and you but you just pay your twenty five or thirty dollars a month for that, you know. OK, yeah. Or however but, much it ends up being. But as long as there's an option to buy it all up front. Yeah, well, they they might do that too because you know people are people would be willing to drop that I would think, but um, I mean, at, at that point, like you're you're essentially a, a PC, you know, it's yeah, PC gamer. That's true. That's a good idea because, as you said, like it gives it gives pretty much everybody a chance to be an early adapter to the new. Yeah. Uh, the new consoles that would be coming out because I feel like a lot of people wait for the price to go down to be able to get one in the first place. And if like you do just the monthly thing, like, Oh, I only need $50 for the first, first month. And yeah, you know, more people would be war- more willing to jump on board. Probably. One, one thing I've seen too, in, in reading uh, like Reddit posts and, and comment threads and stuff is people waiting for the first hardware refresh mm-hmm. uh, on a new system. So like when, when, when the PS4 came out, they waited until like the second version of the PS4 or the PS4 Slim started to come out before they, you know, before the, that way all the kinks were worked out before they bought their before they bought their console. So good for those people to have the willpower to hold they, off because I yeah. do not. Sure. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I like to have the new new fresh gadgets when they when they first come out, you know, it's like whenever I get money, it's just like I need to spend it. Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a big <laughs> issue that I have, but I just I would not be able to hold off until I mean what the PS Pro just kind of come out this year or last year. It was the end of last year. Yeah, so like wait that long for it. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, going back to VR, 
I think one of the biggest things is is cost. I think that's the big the big Barrier. thing that's holding people back. And and I think me and Eric talked about it, but the the games aren't really there yet either. No, uh, they really there's aren't. Not, there's not really one game you can look at and say, you know, that is the must have VR experience, you know? Yeah. They tend to be uh, ports of other games that don't need to have VR or, um, I, you know, I, I still hold that the racing games and piloting games are probably the best fit for that. But those types of games don't appeal to everyone, you know? Yeah. So I think if they can find a way to lower the cost and get some some must have software that they'll they'll move move some more VR headsets. Yeah. And it's tough because developers aren't going to like really develop for it because there's not that big of a install base there. So yeah. there's kind of no incentive for them to try to put something on it. Yeah. So until until more units are are moved, but you know, if it's they do, if you're looking move. at the $800 Vive, that's that's expensive. Yeah, so they're not selling because of yeah. that and there's nothing to get it. So it's kind of a it's like a weird cycle. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you wanted to bring up before we get into nibble bits? Man, Dan, I don't really, I don't think so. Okay. You guys have pretty much saw me grow up on this podcast, so. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so you, uh, you pretty much know everything, really. Well, yeah, and I grew up in your household, too, so. Yeah. I knew the answers to a lot of the questions. <laughs> Going in. Yep. All right, nibble bits. Uh, do you have nibble bits, Will? Yes, I have two, actually. Okay. Uh, go ahead. So I'm going to cover the Xbox uh, games with gold for this month. So the games that are going to be coming are Speedrunners, which is a kind of it's a competitive racing game, and it's not racing in the sense of cars and everything like that. Um, it's kind of like a four-player scrolling game where you're going across a, a, a stage, and like you can have different power-ups to try and stop your you know you can freeze people and so on and so forth. Um, there's tons of games on the App Store for mobile that are kind of like that. And it looks pretty cool. Uh, it's coming out, so that'll be a good game to get. And uh, the next game is going to be Watch Dogs. And then it'll be Assassin's Creed 3, which, ooh. Ooh, good for us. Uh, and Dragon Age, and, or, I'm sorry, the, normal, the first Dragon Age. Okay. So, And then some DLC for uh, Phantom Dust. Mm-hmm. So pick those up they're all xbox one compatible so you can just download all of them and i might download uh assassin's creed 3 just so i can hate on it again probably um and then the next thing is take two is planning a huge game from one of its major franchises uh next year kind of not a surprise but uh breaking down the the games that it could be uh it's not mafia because that's not a, a huge game so and that kind of had a mafia come out. Exactly. So the article says, "What about a new Civilization or Borderlands? Probably not a new Civ because the Civilization literally just came out too." Yeah. Um. So it's either Borderlands or Bioshock. Yeah, I was thinking Bioshock. Uh, there, in my research for our E3 predictions, one of the things that kept coming up is is Borderlands Three. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bound to happen. They did say that um, that this game will not be, or they're not showing any of their products at E3. Okay, that's right. Um, so I don't know if showing as in gameplay or just showing in general. So I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure what that means, but 
Yeah. I'm going to just assume that there's going to be no uh, take two. Right. Anything. Yeah. So, I'm hoping it's a new Bioshock because I downloaded Bioshock Infinite to play it again, and boy, what a game. <laughs> I've got to try that, too, uh, on my ultra-wide monitor now. Oh. I haven't haven't played it since I got the ultra-wide, so I'm itching. That game, it's so... I I love playing it. There's yeah. everything about it that I love it. I try to do it in two sittings, too. I try to, you know, knock it out really fast because it has more impact that way, I feel like. Definitely, because you don't you know, forget things and whatnot. Like, you're yeah. playing through all of it right then and there. Okay, that's it. Yep, that's all I had. All right, I got three kind of quick ones. The first one, the setting for Far Cry 5 was announced, and it's going to be set in rural Montana. Uh, I w- initially was not that interested in Far Cry 5, but I do think I'm going to be getting it now. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm enamored with the setting. Me too, Dan. Like, I saw the setting, and I was like, Montana? That's super weird. And I thought yeah. about it. I'm like, that's actually kind of cool. They showed uh, some artwork with the, the main villains, too, and it looks like the main villain's like a, almost like a religious cult leader. Yeah. So that's the vibe that's I got too. It's going to be pretty sweet, I think. Cuz like I think about it like there's going to be like the grassy plain-ish area like and then there's going to be like forests and then like Forest, mountains. Yep. Yep. Like that's so cool. Yeah. I love it. I'm I was very very happy with the setting. I feel like the jungle setting is kind of overdone. I actually really liked the setting of Far Cry 4. Um the, Me too. the Him- Himalayan mountains that was really neat. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I really, really am interested in this one. It should, it's, it's, it went from, uh, I'll wait and see to most likely a buy for me. Yep. Same here. I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited to see it and I'm excited to see kind of like what, uh, what, what the gameplay is. Like, I don't know if they're going to change any of it or spice it up a little bit or if it's going to be the same. Yeah. Um, but pretty much as of right now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that coming out this year too? Um, I'm sure we'll find out at E3. Yeah. Ubisoft will probably give us some, some dates. Yeah. For some stuff. My next one is Divinity Original Sin 2 gets a release date of September 14th, 2017. It's currently in early access on Steam, so it'll be fully available on the, on, on September 14th. Uh, since the first one's on consoles too, I can imagine this one will come to consoles at some point in the future, but, um... Corey's probably excited for this game. Corey's definitely excited. Uh, I still have yet to play the first one. I would like to play the second one, too. Same here. Who knows if I'll get the opportunity to do that. We shall see. And then my last noble bit is the Nintendo Switch is now fully compatible with Unreal Engine 4. Uh, Apparently, ports at this point are as easy as hitting the export to Switch button in the Unreal Engine 4 software, I guess. Really? From what I read, yeah. Which is, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, one of the things, one of the things they they teased about the system before it came out was how how easy it was to develop for, and how easy it would be for uh, third parties to put their put their games on Switch. So uh, this just kind of reinforces that. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize it was that easy. Yeah. Nor did I. That's, That's got to be a good thing for developers, right? Yeah, absolutely. You won't have to spend any extra time on porting, I guess, a lot of things to to the Nintendo Switch. So good. Yeah. Uh, at this point, too, like I, I haven't used my computer 
as much as I would have liked over the past couple of weeks just because of how busy things have been. Yeah. So at this point, I was always before I even got it, I was always of the mindset that anything multi-platform I would get for computer and just get exclusives on my Switch. But now I'm like, hmm, maybe, you know, if there's a, a gamer or a couple games out there, action RPGs in particular, uh, if they run at 60 frames on the Switch, even if the graphics aren't as good, I'm almost willing to get them on the Switch. I mean, with your, uh, with kind of like what you're doing now, like with how busy everything is with kids, like yeah. you would have way more opportunity to actually play. I've played a ton of Mario Switch. Kart. <laughs> yeah, a ton so. of Mario Kart. So yeah, it's it, it's just not as convenient for me right now to to sit at my computer and play games. So yeah, does that make you sad at all? Yeah, yes and no. Honestly, for the most part, I don't even think about it. Like I'll walk by my computer and be like, ah, oh, I should be playing something. But then I, I should turn then my, my mind is immediately focused on something else. So I, yeah, I've kept it off even cause I haven't used it. So it doesn't need to be wasting electricity. Uh, okay. How's your week? Will? it was good. I finished the semester. Um, so happy to be, because this was the hardest, most stressful semester of my life. So I'm done with that. So to celebrate, I started watching a new TV show, uh, and it's called Shameless. I oh, talked about yeah. it. I talked about it a little bit with Eric and Corey uh, in the group message. Do you know anything about it, Dan? Yeah, uh, da- uh, Dad watched it, didn't he? He did. But, yeah. I didn't realize this at the time, but we've yeah, been talking talked, about it since. I talked to him a little bit about it. What a show! I know Eric and Corey have talked about it. It's uh. It's basically it's about a family that had a mother run away and a drunk father and the oldest sister is taking care of the five kids. Yeah, William, William H. Macy's the, the father, right? Yeah, he is. Um, the the main characters, it's like Emma Rossum or Emmy uh-huh. Rossum or whatever. She's like the main actress. So uh, Macy Rossum. Um, I can't think of the other any of the other actors, but it's it's stressful, man. Like there, it's it's a comedy. It's yeah. pretty funny, but they strike the balance of being very serious and very over the top too. It's like, kind of a, like a dark comedy, right? It, yeah, and dark comedy is putting it lightly. Like <laughs> it was to the point where I had to ask you guys if it was supposed to be a comedy because like I was laughing at things that I was like, I shouldn't be laughing at this because I don't know if if they're, they're serious. Like the shenanigans that they get themselves into because they don't have money to do anything is unreal. Like one of the episodes they had to steal uh, a grandmother from a nursing home because their actual grandmother died and they wouldn't be getting her, like her checks anymore from the state. So they had to prove that it was grandma ginger or whatever so they had to steal one and like (laughs) it was it was unbelievable and of course like that turned into a whole thing and one of the the younger uh younger kids in the family stole a sorry about that i i was downloading podcasts on dad's thing and i ended up clicking to start it uh but one of the younger uh gallagher's their last name ended up stealing a child from a party because it was outside, uh, and that turned into the cops like having a, a citywide search because it takes place in Chicago, and like all they had to figure out the perfect plan to like get it back so they didn't get in trouble, and 
It's just... <laughs> I stayed up until 4 a.m. last night watching season two. Uh, I had like six episodes left, and I started at like 9 or 10. Um, and I just burned through them. And just the show is... I get like so stressed out because just like sometimes the mom pops back up and like it's like, everybody's just yelling at each other and like everybody's hateable at certain points, but everybody is also lovable at different points. Like they come yeah. and go, uh, like like it's it's like the ebb and flow of the episode. Like you'll be like, oh my god, like Lip is so annoying, but then like you end up really liking Lip later in the show and like. All of the characters are like that. And even the main, like, Fiona, who is um, the sister who's taking care of everybody, she makes some of the worst decisions. And you're like, <laughs> you're supposed to be the good character. And then you end up hating her because she's being stupid. It's it's quite it's quite the show. I've really honestly never kind of watched something like that. Nice. Um, I really enjoy it. I plan on finishing it. I know Eric said he really liked it, but he kind of didn't have the the energy kind of to stick through it. Uh, I can definitely see that because just about the nature of the show, it's just, it's crazy. Some of the stuff, like the last episode that I watched before bed, like I couldn't look at some of the scenes because it was so like graphic and over the top. It was, it was something. Uh Um, But another thing that I've been doing is pretty much every night at like starting eight 30, I've been going on like hour and a half walks um and during then i've been playing pokemon go and this kind of all started because this summer i'm trying to like trim down on body fat and stuff like that because i let myself go for finals Uh so i decided to set my step counter on my fitbit to fifteen thousand. so like i'll go during the day like through my normal day at the gym you know school work so on and so forth and then when i get home whatever i have i try to hit fifteen thousand at my night walk so i could be walking for like two hours even like doing this uh so i got the idea there was an event going on in pokemon go so i started playing pokemon go while going on these so nighttime walks are great and it's nice being in a town where you can do them yeah and not get mugged i worry well, about the town i live in anymore yeah no like about walking around at night yeah, like you know, even like you live in not a scary area, but even then, like some of the you never know with some of the neighbors. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like that's what I've really been doing. I start working tomorrow. It's kind of like when I'm officially back at uh at Wegmans for the summer. So uh-huh. I'm excited to make some money. I'm really poor. Yeah, I hear you. I can't even. I honestly can't even buy a video game until God knows when. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I like. I, I really you know. don't know what I'm gonna do for like the summer games, like uh, Shadow of War or is it Shadow of War? Yeah, that's coming out late summer though. I think that's August. You should have enough saved up by then. Yeah, well, because I have to finish paying off my semester. That's like the the big thing. Oh, and the, the, yeah. the trip, the trip to Edmonton. Um, yep. And I'm gonna be taking a trip to Maine, hopefully. So. You gotcha. know, yeah, I got a, I got a lot of things to pay for here, and I got, I want to get a laptop too. Huh? So that's okay. pretty much, that's pretty much my week. It's just been like finishing school, then pretty much doing nothing. The, the days that I didn't have work, so. Uh huh. All right. Uh, I got a couple things too. First, being the Nashville Predators are in the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in their franchise history. Uh, I keep waiting for someone to see me, you know, what I 
I don't go out much, but, uh, you know, somewhere out and about with my Nashville Predators shirt on or whatever and, and try to call me a, a bandwagon fan despite my <laughs> <laughs> being a fan. We've had our, a flag hanging on our on in the front of our house since, since we bought the house, and that's, what, almost nine years? Yeah, it's, it's so, been a while. Uh, I went actually went to Nashville about ten years ago now. It was... Was it that long ago? Yeah. I think it was 2007 or 2008 when we went to Nashville to see a couple games. We actually, um, me and dad talked about that two nights ago. And I was like, yeah, like I remember because the crowd has been a big talking point of the playoffs Yeah. Um, this year. And I was like, yeah, I remember Dan and Val talking about the crowd and stuff like that. And I was like, I just thought it was like, you know, because it was their first time in Nashville. Like, you know, maybe they were just like really excited about the team and stuff like that. And like, no, you guys were right. Their their team, their uh, crowd is crazy. Yeah. Yep. Loud. It's very, very, very loud there. Um, and we even got that, like I said, about ten years ago. That was when the the team was in the in the time frame where they were trying to move the team. There was a couple people trying to move the team out of Nashville. Um, glad they didn't. Guess what? Southern uh, hockey works. <laughs> yeah. You just have to have a product. Yeah, that that's that's the big the big thing too. Uh, Nashville's I think since the lockout they've only missed the playoffs three times. Oh really? So, yeah, I remember one of them because that was when they got Seth Jones in the draft. Yeah, that was their worst year since the lockout. Really? That year? Yeah. And okay. Then, I think they picked him fourth overall. That was their highest pick and third overall. Third, yeah. Yeah, that was their highest pick in a, in a while. So, Dan, I want pretty- you to know I didn't want to watch the series because of how much I hate Anaheim. Like I have a very, Corey and I talked about this in the group message where, you know, Montreal is our most hated team, but we can see what there is to like about them. Yeah. Anaheim. There's literally nothing. If there's nothing, unless you've been an Anaheim fan your whole life, there's nothing redeeming about that team. So I, I refuse to watch because I didn't want to see a team that I really liked lose to the team that I hate. Yeah. Um, but for game six, I saw it was 3-1, so I turned it on. <laughs> Within two minutes of me watching it, Anaheim, I tied it, and I was like, screw this. Yeah. Done. Not watching any more playoffs. Honestly, uh, like, I, I, yeah, I was so stressed out that entire game, and, and when they went up, I was like, oh, they got this. And then, like you said, Anaheim came back, came roaring back, and I was like, oh, this is going to go to overtime. And then, like, two minutes later, Colton Sisson scored. I'm like, how did I- this is not the Nashville Predators team I am accustomed to liking. Yeah, the Nashville Predators team that I grew up, that I grew to like blew those games all the time. Yeah, uh, and I think that's the difference with them this year is they've been able to come back from deficits. They've been able to give up a lead or or give up two goals off the right off the bat and come back and and tie it and take it into overtime or end up winning the game. Um, yeah, that's that's the biggest difference I've noticed with this team as opposed to uh, previous years where they've had success, but but not this kind of success, obviously. They're, like, it's so exciting to see the Predators. And the, the fact that they did that without three of their, or two of their centers, Fisher yeah. and Johansson, were hurt, they were able to, with that happening, they ended up winning the last two games. Like, that says a lot about the team. Like, yeah, their depth and... they're I, I don't think they're not... They're going to win the Cup. Like, I don't see how they're I not. hope so. I hope so. I... 
you know, I, I, I of course never, I never like to be overly confident with my team just because that when I feel like I'm, I'm confident, that's when it gets flung in my face. So yeah, try yeah. not, I try not to do that, but, um, you know, they're, they're looking good so far. It was, yeah, it was nice, nice to have them, uh, have them beat the ducks. Cause like you said, there's, there's nothing to like about the ducks at all. Yeah. Um, unless you're, uh, unless they're your team, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm pretty active on the hockey subreddit, so like I read a lot of uh, things about, you know, the post game threads and stuff like that. And yeah, like the Ducks fans all play off or antagonizing other fan bases. Yeah. So like I was pretty annoyed with the team then, um, and then like seeing the team on the ice, I'm like, well, their fan base matches the team on the ice, that's for sure. Yeah. But on one of the one of the things, this is my most up like uprated comment. Somebody said. Anaheim is the biggest scumbag team in the NHL, so I commented on that saying they don't lose gracefully, do they? Because it was after Bieksa yeah. threw his tantrum at the end of the game, and I ended up getting like 300 upvotes on that comment because <laughs> everybody hated Anaheim in yeah. the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, and the, and the whole Kessler thing keeps getting brought up to him and him and Johansson. They're back and forth. Oh. Um, it just yeah, like. And any time, like, either the Ducks players themselves or fans of the Ducks complained about the refereeing and, and Nashville, the get, Nashville getting calls, I'm like, your team bases itself around getting little slashes and little spears in all the time. Yeah. Do not complain about the refereeing because they had plenty of power play opportunities that they, they couldn't convert on. So If you want to see shoddy refereeing, watch the Anaheim-Calgary series and the Anaheim-Edmonton series because... I mean, granted, Anaheim was going to beat Calgary. Uh, right. Should have been a longer series, but Anaheim had no business beating Edmonton. Right. They got so many. They got lucky with every goalie interference call, every offside call. Like it was unbelievable to the point of even everybody was like, "Yeah, that's when the Anaheim hating started to happen." Was in the Edmonton series because they every call ended up breaking their way. Yeah. Um, so like, whatever, Anaheim, get over it. Yeah, and like you know. Uh, again bringing it back to Kessler like I and I don't mind the like being physical type of play like I know he's he's got the tough assignment in 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 handling the other team's top forwards and I don't mind like you know skating with them shadowing them hitting them and stuff but when you get into the the dirty stuff the slashes and stuff like they're that there's just no need for that. Like, just just play hockey. Yeah, I, I, I kept saying like if Anaheim had spent more time trying to get the puck then finishing their checks, they might have ended up winning the series, but they were all about the rough stuff yep, and not, not about uh, uh, this. I, I shouldn't say that the sixth game, they were a little bit better about actually like going for the puck instead of, instead yeah. of trying to, you know, hurt everybody. Yeah. And they're a good team when they do that, but yeah, they get so caught up in the shenanigans. Like, I mean, Johansson was a hundred and like everybody kind of gave Johansson a hard time for calling out Kessler, like yeah. all like looking at complaints in his head, but the way Johansson did it wasn't like he's in my head. It was just like he was kind of just taking a dig at him personally. Yeah. Like I it was it was I think there's there's more to that type of comment too. Like I think more than just voicing his frustration with it, it was more to maybe get the referees to watch Kessler a little bit closer and hope to get uh, an extra call out of yep. out of that. I think there was more of that that type of thing going on than, you know, oh him just whining about about Kessler's dirty play. 
Yeah, I mean, if you if you like listen to it, it definitely wasn't him complaining. It was him him just saying like, "Oh man, like how does anybody root for that guy?" Yeah, uh, it's... it worked. Yeah. Kessler yeah. provided nothing in the the series. Yeah, I don't even think he had an assist, did he? He had one assist in I think the last game. Okay, all, all he had. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, as much as I don't like Getzlaff either, he's kind of guilty by association on that team because of Perry, Bxa, Kessler, Manson, yeah. all those guys. So, yeah. but happy that one's done. Now we just got one more. <laughs> yeah. Going yeah. on. It's gonna be weird though to watch because I mean the last time I had a team, my team in the Cup Finals was when I was a Rangers fan back in. 1994 you know yeah. <laughs> i barely remember that so Ugh. it's definitely gonna be stressful yeah i've never even had a time well I, the rangers were in the cup recently in 14 but yeah i'm close to renouncing my rangers fanhood anyway <laughs> well i i stopped liking them when in the like late early 2000s late 90s or it was more like the early 2000s it was just because they they i don't know if i've talked about this before but they would just sign the most washed up old veterans yeah, and like hobble cobble together just the worst free agents you could imagine, <laughs> and it was just awful hockey. And kind of where I'm at with them is like they're they're my girlfriend, but we're on break. Oh, so now gotcha. now I'm seeing these other other teams. Yeah, and I'm like ooh, <laughs> like the Leafs and the Oilers and the Predators and all of these other teams that are actually fun and exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, and I don't know. I don't necessarily have a preference on on who we play. I I don't know. I'd almost rather play Ottawa. I think. I yeah. think Pittsburgh, uh, having been there last year, has a better chance of ultimately winning. But at the same time, like Ottawa's surprised everybody. So I don't know who I'd rather play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who would you be more okay with losing to? Is kind of how I always do it. Probably Ottawa, only because Pittsburgh won last year. I, yeah. I like different when different teams play, and if if Nashville plays Ottawa, it'll be the first time either of those teams win a wins a Stanley Cup. So, which is good for uh, the sport. That's, yeah, that's gonna make it. Uh, it's good for me. I prefer that than than seeing the same teams over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, once Flurry kind of got benched again, was kind of when I stopped rooting for Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. He was the main reason why I kind of was rooting for Pittsburgh because I kind of think he's been getting a raw draw, even sure. though Murray is the better goalie. But like, it just sucks that the goalie that you've had for that long is just like pushed to the side. Yeah, definitely. So, yep. Final start on Monday next week. So, ooh, got some rest. Get healthy. Yeah. <laughs> is Fisher and Smith gonna be back for the series? The final? They think so. Yeah. I, I I mean, especially if they play Pittsburgh, they're definitely going to need Smith because yeah. of his speed. So, hopefully, um, good. Although, like w- talking about Nashville's depth, like Freddie Gaudreau was was their call up for for the center uh, for Milwaukee, and he ended up winning like a ton of faceoffs. Is he related to Johnny? By the way, no, no, okay. I don't think so. Um, yeah, he ended up winning a ton of faceoffs against the best faceoff team in the playoffs, which was the the. The, the ducks. ducks, so that was awesome, and then obviously Colton Sissons, who got moved up to the first line, had a hat trick. <laughs> so, uh, that's so crazy. And then yeah. like uh, Auberg or whatever. Yeah, Pontus Auberg is another. Never even had heard of him before. Yeah, he played. I think he played ten games for Nashville this year. 
Okay. Uh, he, was, he was an injury fill-in. I mean, he's going to be on the team before too long. He's he's still just a young guy. But he looks exactly like Arvidsson if you look at his face. It's, it's almost impossible <laughs> to tell him apart. Probably got him mixed up with Arvidsson in a couple of the games then. Yeah, maybe. Because um, they, they play kind of similarly. I mean, Auberg's a lot bigger than 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 Arvidsson, but they're they're both Swedes, so. Yeah. Kind of have the same, same, same-ish face. There are a lot of Swedes on that team. Five, yeah. That's, I, I thought it was more than that, to be honest with you. Nope, five of them. But, there's Forsberg, Arvidsson, Auberg, Ekholm? Ekholm, yep. Rene? Nope, Rene's from Finland. Finland, that's right. Um, who is it? Uh, not Salamaki. Um, dang it. Drawn blanks now. One of the, one of the grinders. Now Forsberg, Arvidsson, Auberg, Ekholm. Ekholm. It's another forward. I'm not going to come up with it. But yeah, there's five of them. Okay. Now, Dan, no, think, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up because it's going to drive me crazy. Do you think Washington every single day of your life? Think Washington? Yes. Oh yeah, for yeah, for <laughs> definitely. What that a was bad one of the trade! Most one-sided trades in in NHL history. Uh, could you imagine if they had Forsberg, Ovechkin, and Backstrom on their top line? No, that would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yarn Croak. No, oh, how did we miss Yarn Croak? He's always the one that I forget. So. He's one of my favorite players on the team because his name means Iron Hook in English. Iron Hook. Yeah. Yep. And he's speedy. Holy crap. Yeah, that's a he- lot of their team. He beats all of the icings. Every time I see the Predators beat an icing, it's always him. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, I think that's all I have to talk about for my week. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, let's get into what we played. Well, I'll start with you, since you've you played some stuff. Yeah. Um... Sorry, I just realized that we had some uh, we had some chat uh, talking. Oh, okay. During during the interview, I got a question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How's my prediction on Will capturing a poke girlfriend going? <laughs> not good. Um, I'm not really trying. So yeah. No girlfriend. I'm way too poor to even remotely have a girlfriend. Sure. I literally had ten dollars in my bank account until today. So. Uh-huh. But so for things that I've played, what do you want to start with? You want to start with Pokemon Go or Zelda? Yeah. Or? yeah, we haven't talked about Pokemon Go in a while. Perfect. So uh, pretty much with Pokemon Go, I've been playing for like two, three nights right now. So I've been playing for an hour and a half to two hours every night. So basically, I'll just walk around town and just capture whatever I see and go through the Pokestops. I had a lot of Pokeballs built up from the winter because I didn't really play and like I would get them like when I would pull over at driving where they were like the Pokestops when I'd pull over and stuff like that. So I had a good uh, amount built up. But they're doing an event right now where the rock Pokemon were more active um, and they also made it so the distance walked for your Pokemon because they have the buddy Pokemon now. Yep. And what that is, is if you make it your buddy when you walk with it, it'll get candy for you. So I want a Ninetales, so I have Vulpix uh, as my buddy right now. And instead of being 3 kilometers having to walk, it's .75. So I've been gaining a lot of candy with that because I'm walking literally like 
five to seven kilometers a night, probably, um, nice. which is like three to three to five miles every night, give or take. Yeah. So I've been doing that. Uh, so I've been getting, I've been hatching all of my eggs, like getting a lot of candy. I started with, I think, nine Vulpix candy. I'm at 41 right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I've literally, I've put in a lot of work with the walking uh, on it. Uh, and I've just been catching literally everything like uh, Kabuto, uh, Almanite, uh, Onyx, uh, uh, Slugmas, all of those. I've been really like catching all of it. Uh, Geodudes, I have a, like a Golem, I have a Kabutops, an Amastar. Uh, an Amastar and Kabutops are like pretty rare. Like I didn't yeah. really know anybody who had one. Uh, before this update so like now that i have one like I, everybody i'm assuming has them because they're they're fairly common but yeah it was nice to get like the really rare pokemon out of the way because i knew i wouldn't probably ever get another one i got a kabuto out of a 10k egg one time. yeah that was my it, rarest pokemon by far yeah so like yeah, they're very difficult to get so uh, i've been doing that i have enough onyx candy to evolve it to a steelix i just need a metal coat um, so I need to get that from a drop on a Pokestop. So that's going to be pretty rare. Um, it's fun to play it because I'm just kind of, I'm doing these walks anyway, every night. So I might yeah. as well just do it. Uh, yeah. the biggest barrier is going to be the Pokeballs though. I already ran out cause I've been catching everything. Sure. Uh, I recently did just find out though, that they have a berry where if you use it, it gives you double the candy when you catch it. Oh yeah, that's a that's a fairly new addition. Yep, and that's really helpful. So like when I was getting pretty close and I was like running out of Pokeballs, I started using that to try and, you know, really up my candy intake so I didn't kind of get screwed out of catching all of this. So yeah, um, it's it's fun to play. I def- I definitely enjoy doing this over the summer and even like late spring and through the fall. Uh, I'll I'll probably keep playing because like why not? The issue yeah. is going to be trying to keep up with all the Pokeballs, which is not going to be fun. I'm close to leveling up, so I hope I get a lot. But I've spent some money on Pokeballs in my day. I did too. Uh, I haven't recently, but I definitely used to. Especially when the game first came out. Yeah. Oh, but a frustrating thing is the Trout Ponds actually has a gym now. Uh-huh. The gazebo down there. So I'm going to it uh, to try and take it out because i had to kill well not kill i'd knock out a lapras a bullossom a gyarados and a rhydon and i had all of the pokemon lined up to do it and i took out the lapras and then the thing gave me an error so the gym still don't still don't work which is kind of frustrating yeah uh because i would have taken it and been a gym owner again but I, but I do know they're doing an update on the gyms here pretty soon, so I'm hoping they actually work. Yeah, but work work and are more interesting and fun to interact with. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even keep revives or uh, potions anymore because I don't battle, so I just kind of yeah. keep everything open for the pokeballs and whatnot. But no, it's definitely a lot of fun to play. I kind of miss playing it during that that time frame huh? do you still open it up every now and again and catch some stuff i haven't because i'm i'm like you i'm out of pokeballs and don't have the the money to get any more right now yeah um so i what we do is we usually will go over to bu 
uh-huh. uh, and drive around campus and load up on Pokeballs. So we'll probably have to do that within the next couple of weeks, especially now that, that college is, is done. There won't be anybody there. Yeah, you can just go in and get yep. out. Yeah, we try not to clog up campus when, when there's a bunch of students and stuff there. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll go a few times over the summer probably and, and stock up. Is it? Is there that many Pokestops there? Oh, yeah. If you drive around the circle, there's a lot of them. Wow. That's awesome. Because yep. I know Broom even has like six, seven, yeah, uh, which is a lot because it's pretty easily walkable. So There's probably, I would guess, maybe 30 on Binghamton University campus. That that's crazy. Yeah. That's insane to me. Wow. Uh, maybe I should go there too. Yeah, like I said it's easy enough to like I'll drive and I'll I'll give my wife my phone and she'll have her phone and and my phone and do this the swiping and then my son for him when he plays it he plays on one of our tablets that has uh uh data. Yeah. Uh SIM card in it. Yeah. So that's how he that's how he plays. So that that's awesome. Yeah. Does he play it often? No. Just mostly when we go to BU and then occasionally he'll will pop fired up and play at catch, home. Catch something. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's definitely it's enjoyable. Um kinda had a long hiatus from it and that coincided with the fall of the Pogo podcast. So <laughs> Yeah. Sure. But we're back. Okay. Yeah. You want me to get into... Uh, yeah, let's hear it. What is the other... Oh. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Was there anything else that I played? I don't really remember. I don't think so. Breath of the Wild. Uh, I did another Divine Beast. I did the uh, the Gerudo. Okay, now. yeah. Yep. So, I actually was going to do Rito first. Uh-huh. But I knew I hadn't gotten into Gerudo yet. And I was like, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just go in and go in and see what's up there like do the shrine by it so i have it on fast travel uh, i realized i couldn't get in because i was a male yeah so as they called me <laughs> repeatedly and i was like well this is I, I gotta get in now uh and i got in and i just like really liked the town and i was like you know what i'm gonna do the divine beast here because they had me do the quest for the thunder helm yeah. going through the yiga clan and i was like you know like i'll maybe i'll just do that get the helm and then go to Rito. Then that turned into, oh, I'll just take on the Divine Beast, and then oh, I'll just go through the Divine Beast dungeon and end up beating it. It was a lot of fun. The Thunder Blight Ganon was really difficult. Yeah. He was, he was definitely a lot harder than Water Blight Ganon. He, sure. he, he was the hardest one of the of the uh, the Divine Beast boss battles, I think. Okay. okay. It was just like, <laughs> he was so quick, which wasn't an issue. It was just when his electricity kicked in. Yeah. Like, I couldn't... He would hit me, and even though I had my shield out, I would still get hit and drop everything. Drop, had yeah, to, drop your weapons. Having Mipha's Grace, though, was really helpful. Yeah. Definitely saved me some frustration with it. But... That's man, definitely the one you should do first. The Mipha's Grace one? Yeah, to get that special ability, because that's, that's a lifesaver, it really is. Yeah, like... Literally. <laughs> literally. The amount of times I've just, like, died from something stupid, and she's like, yep. oh, Gets me back up, and I'm like, oh, thank God. And yeah, like falling off, falling off a cliff or something if you're not careful about climbing. Yeah. It just, you know, brings you back to life. Yeah, I, Breath of the Wild is a masterpiece. I love the game. Uh, yeah. I, I'm at Rito now, so I'm going to do that one because I think the power is jumping high. Yep. So that sounds pretty awesome to me. And then I got to figure out Goron Mountain or whatever. Yeah, that took me a while to get to. 
I have no idea how to get to it. I don't have armor to do it. Like, I don't know where to get potions to... It's gonna. I don't know what I'm going to do, to be honest with you. But yeah. I have, like, 35 hours into the game, and, like, I want to do more shrines so I can get the Master Sword because I know you need a certain amount of hearts or whatever. Yeah. Um, and something about the game, I just have, like, a dumb smile on my face the whole time that I play it. The, it's so charming, the game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, have you beat it, right? Yeah, I beat it. Yep. Okay. 95 hours that just flew by. It re- like, it really has. Did you like the story in the game? I did. I did. It was I really, interesting. I like it, too. I like it a lot. It's not in the forefront. It's kind of in the background, which I also kind of liked, but it's it's interesting, definitely. You get enough of it from uh, the, the different towns to do the Divine Beast. Like, when I was in Gerudo, like, you kind of get a lot of insight to, like kind of the past because link every time will have a memory at every one of those towns uh and then you can do more story stuff by going to the locations and the the zelda's um picture book or whatever to relive them yep so it's really cool i i really really enjoy the game and i really regret eric and Corey talking me out (laughs) of putting it in my top 10 because it's That's it's gonna okay. be there for the next hundred episodes that we do. Sure. Um, but other than that, I haven't been playing a whole lot. I played a little bit of Halo Wars too. I want to definitely play more of that because I really really like that game. Uh, I'm also gonna be doing a throwback game. So like this summer, I'm gonna definitely play Tactics Final Fantasy Nine. But I started Fallout New Vegas too. Wow. Oh. Uh, and Stardew Valley too. So. Nice. I'm going to be doing those um, when I have time. and Pretty much whenever Corey's on my PlayStation is when I'll do Horizon, uh, mm-hmm. Nier, and Mass Effect. And then I'll give you my PlayStation if you want it for when we go to Edmonton. Yeah, I'll, I'll blitz through uh, Horizon and yeah. probably um, the, uh, Until Dawn. Yeah, that's fine. I kind of want Corey to keep it until he finishes Until Dawn, so who knows when I'll get it back. But like I said, I'll be on for those two weeks so yeah no, I'll, I'll i'll be able to blaze through those while you're while you're gone until don's like a sitting or two so yeah that might be a good one to play with the the wife too that's the app that that was my that was my thought definitely but okay. other, than, other than that yeah i haven't really i haven't gotten too deep in anything other than zelda gotcha okay uh again this week unfortunately i can't talk about anything else but i played a lot more mario kart um i don't even know like i i'm starting to feel like how eric and, and Corey are with rocket league like i just I, I just play mario kart like that's all <laughs> that's all i've been playing uh, yeah i get that I've, um, I've, I've been playing some mario kart too so yeah i mean that's it's definitely my my rocket league uh mm-hmm. but and i was trying to trying to figure out why like why mario kart as opposed to Rocket League. And I think it boils down to uh, not needing a teammate. Yeah. Uh, both to give you crap or to screw things up for you. Yeah, because there's or no to carry voice you, chat, and give you so. and give you crap. Yeah. Um, in Mario Kart, you're just reliant solely on yourself. And there, I think there is one-on-one in Rocket League. But, um, yeah, I, I just love it. I, I play every day at least for probably an hour so, so have you like how far have you three starred 
I three starred all the way through mirror mode. Oh wow, okay. I'm working my um, way through 150, so yeah. I I will probably do a little bit of the 200 cc, but that's like it doesn't help you because it's so fast. Like th- I don't, I haven't come across any multiplayer races where 200 cc was an option. There, there was one or two races that I did against people that were a lot better me- than me that were mirror mode races. Yeah, um, but no 200 cc, so it doesn't really help you that much. Gotcha. Um, it's just something fun to do, I guess. But, it's just uh, so you have everything three starred, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I actually really like too when I when I'm in a group of people who are better than me. Because mm-hmm. then you really feel accomplished when you win or get, you know, top like two it. or three or whatever. Yeah. Because um, I've been in groups where I would win like five or six in a row. And then be no get, challenge. I would get like second and then I would win like two or three in a row. And it, it's fun to win. But at the same time, like you want to improve. And uh, the main way to do that is by playing against people that are better than you. So mm-hmm. now do you get frustrated with the game? Like. Because, like, I'm doing 150cc and I'll be, like, winning a race the entire time and I'll just get shellacked with a ton of shells and leader yeah. shells and lightning and then I'll lose. And then, like, because I'm three-starring everything, I have to quit. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely frustrating. It's not as frustrating when you're playing on. I mean, it's frustrating when you're playing online, but not as much because you just move on to the next race. You know, there's no. Yeah. You don't have to worry about getting first in every one. And this one's a little bit different because there's two items instead of one. So yeah. you do feel like you're getting hit by like baby park, oh. the, the baby park track. Like it's fun, but I hate when that one comes up when I'm playing online because it's, it's a, it's a war zone, you know, it's not like, there's no racing. You just drive around in a circle and just hit people with stuff, yep. which is fun in its own way. But like I said, it's not, it's not racing as much, but yeah. I'm better at the racing part of the game than I am with the, the shell parts and stuff. So, uh, that doesn't do me too many favors that, that, that uh track is actually beloved by everybody. Yeah. Like it's, and like I said, it's fun, but I would rather race. Me too. Because there's, there, as you said, there's no like actual racing aspect. That's just like dodge the littered banana peels everywhere on top yeah. of green shells, on top of whatever <laughs> else. The piranhas and the bullet bills. Yeah, bombs. It's it's, it's tough. Uh, but I've been working. I've been working on my item management and green shell aim and and uh banana sniping and all that stuff i've been trying to trying to work on to help my help my racing game so yeah it's good stuff yeah no it's a it's a fantastic game i'm really happy i traded stuff in to get it because this would be a game that i can do like a cup of you know three star it and then be like all right do something else yep so definitely uh and that's all i played so i believe it is time for feedback yeah let's hit it All right. So the first one is from Tito, who says, on the Horizon Zero Dawn subreddit, the developers do a weekly photo contest. A couple weeks ago, I submitted a photo, and I had a good feeling I would win for the U.S. region. And guess what? I did not win. Uh, It did get featured as one of the top uh, selections in their YouTube review for week three. Attaches a photo on the YouTube link. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the photo, and I recommend anyone who's played Horizon to try out the photo mode. It's so easy to use and easy to make gorgeous wallpapers. Just another reason why I love Guerrilla Games. It's a cool, fun service they give to fans, and if you do win, you get a nice frame of your photo signed by the developers. That's awesome. Uh, And we looked at his photo. It is really cool. So 
Uh, I will post that on our twi- uh, blah, on our Twitter page because I want to see it too. So I actually do that. Well, I'll post the the video. I'll see. Okay. If, I'll see if I can maybe put the the picture on our Facebook. If I can, I don't know how to do that, so I'll have to have. Maybe I'll make Corey do it. Yeah, because I think Corey knows how to use Facebook. Yeah, Corey. Corey is our Facebook correspondent or uh, manager. Social, social media. Because I can't even manage my own social media, let alone my podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I I'm terrible at social media because I I don't know how to use it. And I also don't care enough. So. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. All right, so I posted the the video on our on our Twitter page. I think it the video should pop up on right on Tito's photo. I think that's how it works. Let's see. So uh, they go over the photo at one forty, so it's one forty on the video. So thanks, Tito. That's awesome. Uh, and again, is. I'm looking I'm looking forward to playing that game. So like me and Will just talked about, it'll be uh, early July when I get a chance to play it. So, yep. I'm really looking forward to playing, uh, that horizon or that near in mass effect. So, all right. Next piece of feedback is from Idaho Jake who says, Hey guys, not much to report. I am trying the Xbox game pass and it's pretty cool, but it has a lot of 360 games. So now it's time for Idaho, Idaho Jake's this day in gaming history. Perfect Dark was released in 2000 for the Nintendo 64, and Overwatch turns one year old. Wow. Also, also movie history, Star Wars turns 40 years old. Thanks, guys, and carry on. Perfect Dark on the Nintendo 64. I never played that one, believe it or not. I kind of want to go back and play I played Perfect Dark Zero for the 360. It was a launch title, and that was my first experience with Perfect Dark, because I think there was a couple Perfect Dark games for Nintendo 64, if I remember correctly. I th- the only Perfect Dark that I remember, I think, was a launch title for the 360. 360, yep, Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah, that's the yep. one I remember the most of. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch, one year old. That's crazy, too. Yes, it is. What a game. So thanks for that, Jake. I think that's all of our feedback. Uh, we did Once again, uh, apologies for our poor... Um, announce not announcing announcing for the episode and stuff. We're all very behind on our social media and stuff. So hopefully we'll be better about next week. I think we're planning on recording next next Thursday again. Um, at least as far as I know for right now. Um, and it'll so, be it, it'll definitely be on E three our E three predictions slash preview. Yep. Now for the game giveaway. Do you yeah. want me to run it real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Word. All right. So it's between one and two, correct? Yep. Uh, one is Tito, two is Jake. And the winner is Tito. Tito. Uh, so, Tito, you won today. Now we're going to try to figure out your game, one through 195. You want me to bring up the game list, or do you have it? I've got it. Okay. I'm very distracted because this Pittsburgh-Ottawa game has been unreal. What's the score? One one. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much every shot the other one of the teams takes is like almost in. Well, I kind of hope it goes to overtime. Me too. I don't want any <laughs> of this like stupid ending in regulation. Yeah. I know a Pens fan. I know he's really upset that I went this far. <laughs> oh sure. 
Um, so your first number is 132, and that is Sanctum 2. Uh, you missed the Sanctum collection by one. So I wonder, that's one of the games that we would do Sanctum 1 if we yep. have. Correct? Yeah, if you prefer, if it's a 2 or a 3, and if we have the first game and you prefer the first game, we will give you the first game. So. There it is. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, the first one you might need to. I'm gonna write these down because I will. Okay. 100% I, I've I've got it here. Okay. So Sanctum Two is the first yep. one. Um, Sanctum Two is the first one. Next, one seventy four. That is, <laughs> uh, tiny and big in Grandpa's leftovers. Okay. I have this in my Steam library. Tiny and big. Oh really? Yeah, it's an indie game. I think it's like a first-person puzzler, maybe. It sounds awful, but it could it's be got it. It's got a neat art style. I haven't played it to know how it plays. I think it's reviewed relatively well, from what I remember. But I wonder if this game's on our new uh, critic website, Open Critic. <laughs> maybe I, I I can look on Steam too. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's, it's Steam dec- reviews. decently re- rated. Next is 64. Um, and that'll be Boyd, Early Access. Boyd? Yeah, B-O-I-D. Oh, Boyd. Man, Tito, I'm sorry. I've only heard of Sanctum so far. We do five of these too, right? Yep. Okay. 37. Runestone Keeper. Runestone Keeper. Oh my god. That's crazy. Anderson's making insane saves right now. Nice. 185. And 185 is Civ 4 Complete Edition. Oh. That's a good one. Civ 4. Alright, I'm looking up tiny, Tiny and Big real quick. The star of the episode tonight. I'll also type it into tiny and big. It's very positive. 92%. Wow. 92% positive reviews on Steam. (laughs) So that's pretty good. Uh, Metacritic gave it a 75. Is it on open, Open Critic? It is not. Not that I'm seeing. I think Open Critic is. I feel like they're just getting started, so okay. they don't they don't have the library of games built up as uh, Metacritic. Gotcha. So, but yeah, so I guess Tiny and Big Grandpa's Leftovers is might not be a bad pick. Or Civ Four, if you don't mind the older Civ games. And if you pick Sanctum, we have the first one, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah. Let uh, us know, Tito. It looks like Tiny and Big is a third-person platformer. Yep. Like a cel-shaded art style. Yep. You are a tiny and nerdy inventor who tries to reclaim his most beloved possession, Grandpa's underpants. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Uh, anything else, Will? I got nothing, Dan. Okay, uh, as I said, next week will be our E3 predictions. Uh, it'll be a mix uh, of some of our own predictions and then some of the gaming media as a whole. 
and we'll we'll obviously discuss. Hopefully, we'll all be on for that episode because it's you know kind of important. I'm making everybody on next week. Don't worry. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll do it for episode 305 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host Dan. Will. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. One, two, three, four.